This podcast contains explicit language, really explicit language. Listeners of this show should be advised that we will deal with a cult that has certain ideas that are... Um... They're fucked, Paulina. Yeah, they're really fucked. We'll be dealing with all the ist, aughts, and ites. Racists, bigots, anti-Semites, misogyny, certainly. And ooh, eugenics. Kicking it old school with eugenics. Certainly a very old way to be racist. But you've got to remember, MGTOW and everything we're talking about is a cult. Uh, No matter what they say, nothing they say is real. And we love you. We absolutely love you. Thank you for coming along on the ride. And we're sorry already. (laughs) (laughs) A clip coming up later in the show. This podcast is a two-parter. One part, eggs. No, one part, this part. The second part, and one part, the first part, go go back and listen to part one. It's a two-parter. What you are about to hear is the Hashtag Cult Podcast. What is a Hashtag Cult? Hashtag Cults are groups that signal membership by using a hashtag or keyword. This allows the group to operate on many different sites and makes them difficult to pinpoint. They use the hashtag model to spread propaganda on a variety of social media platforms without having a central account. This is usually because their ideas are offensive or their methods of communicating are abusive and border on website policy violations. In this show, we will show you the coercive groups and cults hiding in plain sight on the internet. Hello, this is Hashtag Cult Podcast. I am Mike Fallick. I am not a podcast. I am just me. But this is a podcast about a documentary. I know it sounds crazy, but I'm really going to start at the basics here so that people can know. Firstly, this is a two-part episode. Go back and listen to part one. Second, this is a episodic podcast. You need to go to season one, episode one, and work your way through. I had mentioned in the last part one of this that this was a good place to enter turns out it's not made it a two-part episode so we are making a documentary i am making a documentary about a cult named migtow in investigating this cult which is internet-based um we ran into this problem the problem was almost nobody knew what a cult was outside of cult experts um and it was pretty frustrating to talk to people and be like this a cult expert has a very clear idea what a cult is and then you talk to people even interested in cults and they really didn't have an idea so the podcast is about releasing our footage seeing people's reaction to it seeing how the cult reacts to it and then adapting our film and making stuff that fills a gap to tell the story and one of those gaps was we needed to define what a cult was this episode will continue with me and chelsea talking about making this cartoon about what is a cult? And that's available on our website, hashtag cult.org. Um, 
I want to do a little housekeeping of the podcast before we jump into the episode here. So you may have noticed we release now every other week. And the reason I made sure to every episode we have, hey, go back and listen to episode one. Every episode we have, we're doing an investigation into MGTOW, an online cult, and making a documentary about it. But that documentary part is a really important thing to put in right here. We have some amazing interviews coming up. We have tons of episodes coming up, but I have looked at how many interviews we have, things with people like Todd Glass, Dr. Drew, um, Mika Spielberg, daughter of Steven Spielberg, who's now moving into the um, adult industry, the adult film industry. We have a lot of interviews that are going to make an amazing documentary and an amazing podcast about making it. Unfortunately, the, the main goal is to make a documentary. And we looked at the numbers and we will never finish the documentary if we make the podcast every week. And we'll never really be able to tell you about the podcast if we don't get to really analyze the documentary. So we're doing it every other week, not because we're ramping back, but because we need to make the documentary as well. The time isn't working up. Working up? Time isn't working up? Is that a weird phrase? I bet if I said time isn't working up with a lot of confidence, people would think it was a thing. If I kept saying time isn't working up, but I can't use it about time because it obviously sounds like nonsense. Like it's got to be something about, you know, it's, you have to use it like a, like like an aphorism, which am I sure what an aphorism is? Probably should Google it. Fairly confident. I'm losing a lot of confidence in my language skills as we go here. You know what they say, time isn't working up. Enjoy the episode with Chelsea. We will see you. We're not taking a break for the holidays because that's for lazy people who feel bad about your output when you're with your family. Are you creative? No, you're eating ham. Okay. Enjoy the rest of the episode. I have a serious problem. Let's Many, move but on this is one of them. to <laughs> four, four minutes, 23 seconds. We love you, Gerald. Really? Yes, Gerald. As friends. Plus, we got weird beliefs about sex. What was that? We have weird attitudes about sex. See, told you, yep. So that was that clip. Uh, you just <laughs> like the joke? <laughs> I just really liked the joke. I'm a big fan of um, unnecessary repetition. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a bi- I'm a big fan of that. Because it's you know what it is? It's like repetition always gets put up as this thing in comedy as if like, oh, it's so basic. But it's like in real life, it's so funny. Uh, oh, yeah. It's, 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 so it never happens in real life. So you got to just, you got to get it in there when you can. Uh, yeah. Plus, like, if you know something's good and you just wait a minute and you repeat it, it, it either falls on its ass or it climbs the mountain. And I love that. Yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of being a little bit annoying. Look, at, at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, you can say whatever you want about like annoying eight-year-old kids. But, like, they are onto some humor that we forget about. And one of them is repeating yourself all the time. So. I don't know what eight-year-old kids you've been around, but I do not feel that way. Audience, <laughs> I do not subscribe to that belief. You heard it here. Hot Talk. We'll put the music in again. Eight-year-old kids. How do you feel, Chelsea? Fuck them. There, you heard it. Now, to <laughs> continue, we, we return you back to this presentation of H.E. Double Hockey Sticks, the made-for-TV movie starring the brother from Boy Meets World. Okay, uh, here's oh, one. Love him. Here's one. Um, 
comment you don't have here, which is, uh, love bombing. Come on, let's all hug our new shoelace brother. Feels good to be loved, right, Gerald? I must have made you forget that this conversation started with you being called stupid. This is called love bombing. Your so-called friends imply they can love you anyway, despite you being fundamentally flawed. Unfortunately, love bombing is a key in brainwashing. Oh, come on, narrator. Why you do me like this? Um, I really wanted to discuss oh. that here today. Um, mm-hmm. Love bombing is a really essential part of cults. And it's one of the things that you see, uh, I think, in real life less obviously. But you, but you see it. I mean, it, it, this attitude of like that somehow being doing something bad, you're going to make up for it by just doing something good instead of like apologizing. This idea of like, you know, just flooding someone with love. That's what we right, were talking to about. To distract before, them. To distract them. That's what it is. It's to just distract them, to get them over something else you've done. Um, and I'm sad that, that that phrase, those two words, have been coined for this definition because it could be such a better thing. I know. Love right? bombing could be such a great thing. But yeah, you're right. It is. I think it's a distraction technique, you know. Oh, I, I stabbed you. But you're so pretty and I love your hair and you're a good person and we'll get through this. <laughs> Never been stabbed, but hopefully someone will be that nice. I mean, to be honest, in the scenario of being stabbed, you know, it sounds a little bit better. But yeah, no, it, it is that extreme sometimes for people in abusive relationships, for sure, without making a joke. Yeah. Like, you know, it is that extreme. I'm trying to think of, of other examples, like, leading up to it. I mean, you may even do it as a thing to make yourself feel comfortable. You know, you get in a little bit of an argument, and then right after you talk about something, like, really, really positive that everybody can oh, agree yeah. on and all those different things, it's not horrible to do, but it right. is a good Well, it's dist- like that cycle of abuse, right, where something terrible happens, the, the negative event happens, and then after that, the abuser turns into the most loving teddy bear or the most apologetic, or they start crying, and they win you back. And that's a form of love, love bombing, but it's it's a cycle. So eventually that fades away because they've gotten what they want, and they go back to that negative event. For sure. And I think that the thing that's interesting about the idea of cults and the idea of brainwashing is the techniques on their own are not always devious. You know, an mm-hmm. insult comic... Yeah might use the techniques of a love bomber. They do something crappy, they make fun of you, and then they make you feel happy. And right. that's, the, that's their technique so that it feels good. On their own, every individual technique is not bad. Yeah. When they start to add up, they're, not, they're a bad character trait on their own. You know what I mean? But as you start to add them, that's, that's the power of a group like this. I agree with that. And I also think that not only the addition of all the strategies, but the isolation factor is what makes cults negative to me. Because if cults were this happy place where they, people were sharing special information with each other and love bombing each other, I would be super upset. But it's when the isolation occurs, you know, you're taken away from your family, you're taught that those that don't believe this are wrong. You know, your dog is a piece of shit. Yeah, what the F has your dog ever done for you? Nothing. That's when cults have a problem. <laughs> Definitely the name of the episode is Your Dog is a Piece of Shit <laughs> with Chelsea. Not you, Izzy. You Not just you, laid down. You're a pretty girl. Good boy. Good girl. Sorry. 
<laughs> it's okay. Uh, she's a gender bender. Yes, of course. All the, all, uh, she was she spayed or neutered, I assume. I forget which one is which. I do too, but yeah, she was. But everybody thinks she's a, a boy, and I just say, okay. She's That's, a dog, so. Talk about, wait, I hate to get into gender politics, but talk about how weird our society is. That people see a dog and Dude, decide it's a boy or a girl. <laughs> I mean, I don't let, you know, obviously I don't let them get down there, but when they're not sure, people will legitimately bend over and take a look. And I'm like, okay, no, no, no. <laughs> She's going to start wearing a diapy. Now, this is my question is someone comes up to you and says, oh, Izzy, oh, he, what a cute boy. And then they go punch in the face. <laughs> gotcha. Not in my house. Do you call my dog the wrong gender? So... But then they go, then they bend down, they go, oh, she's, she's a girl. And then you go, oh, she's a boy. And then you go, no, she's actually a girl. Do they bend down a second time? Usually I'm walking away. So, you know, when I say that I'm nice to everybody, I do have a protective motherly instinct with her. And the addition of another heartbeat around me makes me more of an asshole. So I'm lucky enough to have that little protection. But by the time somebody says one sentence to me, if I'm walking my dog, I'm already 10 steps away. <laughs> so I need to take her on planes. Yeah. So then, so, so, so you can get your attitude ready, but then you're going to eventually yeah. get to the back of the plane. Um, yeah. <laughs> just in the toilet the whole time. Madam, please. Yes. Uh, I'm going to put in a clip that you didn't have here uh, again from, Donnie, the character that, that is like 12 feet tall and shouts um, about uh, calling, calling uh, another character, Marge, that I play, a sandal wearer. Um, and uh, we're also going to play the clip that uh, Chelsea wants to talk about uh, right, right, at, right before that. So Now hold on. This group is in a cult. They are just passionate about shoes. Is that so wrong? People can believe what they want. What would you know, sandal wearer? Loop, loop, under and through. Loop, loop, under and through. Loop, loop, under and through. Oh, wow, this is definitely a cult. Gotta go. Calling them a sandal wearer is like, yeah, that's where you start to see the cult element of it, where it's like mm -hmm. they have words for outsiders. Um, but right. But it just as important as an element that we, we didn't really get to get in there is like identity, which is one of the titles that come up. Um, you know, making a fact a part of your identity is like a big thing. And so like another way you can isolate yourself is maybe you don't have in your cult or your cultic way of thinking boogeymen for outside people, but maybe you do for inside your cultic relationship. MGTOW is one. They, they, they identify as that, you know, we are this. And so, and so that's a way to make, like Chelsea was saying about isolation, that makes everyone else that isn't it other inherently. Mm -hmm. And yep. you can see it in, you can see that in lots of stuff. If something is so pressing that it has a name and, and wants to keep using this name, or I guess rather to you personally, you really want this name to be attached to you. You really have to go by this type of thing and, and you have to attach to it. It could be. Again, not alone, not on its own. You know, I'm a lefty. Probably not so bad. But at the same time, are you not trying your right hand because you've decided you're a lefty? These are like the end of the spectrum of things that, yeah. that are signs to look for. Uh, Controlling labels. Yeah. 
And, and those are ones that sometimes we put on ourselves, you know, I'm this thing. Yeah, and I, I think to a certain extent, even people that say they don't like that kind of verbiage, people as in their nature gravitate mm -hmm. towards community and inclusion. And if that includes a label, then that includes a label. Yeah. Often it does. Millennials, you know, Gen Z. I don't know who else. Or we're millennials, I think, right? I'm a millennial. Yeah. I don't, I don't not like it because of the derisiveness. I just think I just want a bit different name, especially compared to Gen X. I think it's cool that we have a different name, but I also... Oh, no, I don't want the Gen. Really I don't want Gen. Yeah. I want like something... I think that it's, again, it's a, it's a silly label that I, I think has been used to, to cast down an entire generation. But yeah. at the same time, people have used it to build themselves back up, so... I identify Does it matter a, at the end of the day? I no. identify as a Willennial, um, a fan of the oh. Will Smith al album called Willennium. Um, yeah, I can support that. That's really I'm on record supporting that. You heard it here. Uh, <laughs> and then we're getting towards the end of this, of this uh, sketch here. Um, five minutes 40, we have really getting into the destructive part of cults. Wait, Marge, I really don't think they are a cult. They're just a little weird because no one believes them about the shoelace thing. I believe them about that small thing, sure. They have never been wrong about this thing. Of course we are right. We have never been wrong. He has never been wrong. Wait a minute. Everyone has been wrong at least one point in their life. One of the things that can happen in a cultic relationship is the disruption of critical thinking. I must tie my shoes the right way. There is only one way to tie your shoes, Gerald. Only one way. Only one way. Don't listen, don't look. As you can see, Gerald has stopped thinking for himself. Hey, I can so think for myself. So the audience just heard it and we just listened to it. Uh, yeah. Like, what do you, what do you think about this? There's this idea of critical thinking yeah i have written down the destruction of critical thinking which for me is more about in this clip it's more about protecting exactly what you were talking about earlier the love that you might lose and i think i have written down protecting their their bubble of comfort and i think people get into this this cult-like situation or you know group situation where they've really started to rely on the group they're comfortable in the group and the idea of losing it i mean everything is out the window the only thing that's important is protecting that comfort yeah and this was one that um we really wanted to add the idea of crit crit like the disruption of critical thoughts was uh, one of the quotes that me and Paulina both attached to with uh, Rachel Bernstein's advice, which was like, if you can't keep having that critical thought, if there's some process that stops you from having it, you know, then that's where the brainwashing kicks in. You, you stop being able to say, like, if, you know, um, they, they hot seat you or they, they shame you for thinking a certain way or there are thought crimes. Right. These are all ways that, oh, well, I shouldn't think about that. You know, oh, oh, oh I shouldn't believe that because that'll stop this thing and i think protecting that bubble is probably one of the motives when that happens <clears throat> maybe sometimes it's wanting to try and achieve that bubble but i want to point out in this episode just ways that we do that on the spectrum of like our life and i think one of the ways is we like bands we like you know <laughs> you, you go into conversations with people about bands you like and you're like what would be so bad if this person said the rolling stones were shit 
you know what, what what would actually be so bad and the and if if there are people that are so into their identity with these things that it it can't be that you like it and that you can have a conversation with someone who has criticism and at the same point that problem that person who's giving all that criticism they might be identifying as a person who hates the rolling stones and so it's this it's this back and forth of like i like the way you put it protecting their bubble of safety is what's stopping you from having discourse? What's stopping you from saying, I mean, is this, is this shitty? Is it whatever? Can I listen to someone insult something I like? You know, that, that preciousness builds and builds and builds and builds until it's. Well, and it also doesn't leave any room for disagreement. There's no, you're right. There's no discourse. It's a yes or a no. And if it's a no, you're out. So that's, what's, that's really weird about these communities is that there's absolutely no wiggle room in their belief systems. There's, you either believe this and you don't question it or you leave. What and a, in, yeah. in society, as we see, it's, it's very important that people disagree. One of the really weird things that I often talk about is the forum rules on MGTOW and other hashtag cults. And there's subtle things that you'd think someone in trying to uh, uh, create something that looked like a cult would write. Things like, only join this group to agree with us. And that's something that's, that's something that sounds reasonable on a forum. Well, we, we all want to be in here to be like agreeing about this thing, but it's also really weird. It's also kind of a weird thing. Like only, only stuff in favor of what you're saying. That's these, and it's on its own. It's not weird. These things add up. This, this kind of reminds me of, I've recently joined Reddit and Reddit's awesome, but uh, I'm on these different panels or whatever they're called, and everybody's commenting. There's a general positive vibe, and everybody's agreeing. And then every once in a while, you'll get one person that comments, you know, in the negative or says, like, you're a dumbass for thinking this. This is how you should do it. Um, and people just jump on that person, like, why are you being so negative? This is a place of positivity. And that person's like, I was just pointing out that they're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I have to respect that one. I always respect the one person, even if they're completely off their rocker, that stands up and is like, this is stupid. And I disagree with everything that's happening, but I'm going to sit back down. I'm going to get to the end. Oh, yeah. And and we often think, I think when we talk to people, we often think about bad situations as being the negative. And certainly MGTOWs do their fair share of commenting in the negative in order to make us seem other and seem like the enemy. Statistically, it's someone mm-hmm. who really likes you that's going to hurt you. Statistically, yeah. it's not a troll on the internet. It's right. a, a stalker. It's a stalker yeah. on the internet that's going to do something crazy to you who loves you. And then if that love is spurned in any way, you know, I really want to, maybe we'll think of something. It's a sensitive issue, but like the stats on stalking, this is the second episode I mentioned it, is crazy for women yeah. in America. I mean, it's bizarre and it, it's, yeah. it's never talked about. And then yet you have people, these positivity things, positivity, positivity. It's like, okay, why don't we just be like, not, can we just say not assholes instead of like, yeah. <laughs> Cause you, you, I see the reverse all the time too. We talked to an influencer and I'm sure you've experienced this too, being a person who puts stuff on the internet. There's guys that fall in love, quote unquote, with these women. And it doesn't feel safe oh. just cause it's love. 
I've always been scared for them. As much as I want to hate influencers, I'm scared for them because they're putting so much out there and they're so beautiful that, you know, they're going to get murdered. <laughs> and I'm really worried. About them. Yeah. There are anti-stalking laws in Hollywood because of murders. Like, it's not a thing that's just if everyone's nice because then that is how you, they, those people disguise. It has to be about being... Like, I always talk about being yourself. There was recently, oh, we're talking about Reddit for a second. There was a comment that someone was like, I think I'm in a cult. And no one had commented. And so I had upvoted it and was like, hey, uh, I, he like just to this person who just left their group. And, and I was like, you know, hi, I'm not in your group. I, I like you. Um, if you're looking for resources and I sent them to ICSA, mm -hmm. ICSA, the International Cultic Studies Association, and to this cartoon. And I said, these are two places that, like, maybe it'll help answer some questions, whatever. And someone commented, like, oh, my God, you sound like a recruiter, like a cult recruiter <laughs> in, the, in the comments. And I was like, that's hilarious. I was just trying to be overly friendly. But that's yeah. someone having critical. I was trying to anti-recruit them. Exactly. I was trying to be too friendly. And I totally read it. I was like, oh, for sure. And it's this thing of, like, if you can be normal, if you can take criticism, if you don't think so highly of yourself – being positive or negative is is, is rarely a, a problem. It's about my negative opinion holding a lot of weight, my positive opinion mm -hmm. holding a lot of weight that I think is, uh, you know, the most telling. And and speaking of which, let's go to our last clip here at six minutes, 20 seconds. Six minutes flat, sorry. <laughs> It's difficult to reach someone who is in the midst of a cultic relationship. A proper tactic to reach someone in a cultic relationship is to try to understand. Have sympathy for Gerald. He's being flooded with shame, guilt, and disbelief. He can't see his way out because he is so far in. Loop, loop, under, and through. So the audience and we have just heard this clip about he can't see his way out because he's so far in. Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, I, I really relate to this concept because, you know, in all my relationships, romantic and friendship and fam familial, there's always a point where I'm, I'm an escapist. So I'm, there's always a point where I'm thinking, should I be leaving this? Because it's not going well for like a hot minute. Um, but I, I don't know how I could possibly start over and I don't know what my life would be like without this person. And I feel like him being too far in is exactly like every bad relationship that anyone's ever been in. You know, we can't see a future without this person, but not only that, I mean, we've worked so hard to be in it. Mm -hmm. So why that would just be a waste of time if we left at this point. Yeah. It's a thing that they talk about that we haven't talked a ton about in this, um, cult, but it's called sunk cost, which is this feeling that you've sunk in. It's a thing that a lot of cult people talk about where you've sunk in so much into it that there's all these complicated feelings that maybe we'll, we'll maybe we, I don't think we have covered that on the show. You are, you know, I don't want to say something an expert, the way an expert wouldn't, but in general, it's exactly <laughs> what you just said is how could I start over? I've spent so much time here. Yeah. This has to be good. And sometimes it's a front of your mind thing, like you're saying. And sometimes it's just a back of your mind thing. You know, mm -hmm. it's just stick to um, But yeah. man, we should definitely do an episode on that. Um, yeah. I'm this, I'm the same way uh, in sort of an inverse of you is that I am very wary of things going bad. And so mm -hmm. I'm often like, 
no, this is, this is going to go, I'm going to stay, but it's definitely going to go bad. And like, I have a hard time, <laughs> I have a hard time enjoying stuff while things are happening. Cause I'm like, okay, yeah, it's good now, but when's but it going to turn? Just you wait. It's definitely shit right around the corner. Um, yeah. one line I wanted to, to point out that's in the graphics so they couldn't have, uh, heard it. But, uh, if people go watch the cartoon is, uh, oh, they'll watch it. Oh, they'll see it. And they'll love it. You will look at me. Look at me! Um, <laughs> <laughs> every, every, now I want to put a little smiley face on every graphic, like at the bottom, and it just shouts, Look at me! Um, yeah. <laughs> you'll see my words. Um, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a line about, there has to be a soft place to land. There needs to be a good place to go. And I did an interview with Chris Shelton, who has a show called Critical Thinking, who was, who's, you know, becoming an expert on uh, psychology and was in Scientology and he's a great podcaster, a very happy Ooh. person. But I asked him when someone shouted something negative at you, did that work to get you out of Scientology? He was like, no. No. And yeah. I've said this on the show as well. The twi if, if, if cult, if everyone has a different cult journey and every cult going, every cultist is a person going in and coming out. The twist in the story is how they got in and the unexpected versions and reasons they got out. And the ability to leave is so varied and sundry. And it's something that even though we're talking about cults and it's so easy to group them as a person, we say cult leader, we don't say this guy, this abuser, this person, this abuser. We say cult member, we don't call them people. They are real people going yeah. through this. and. Really, it's real people with the exact same emotions as those outside the cult. They have the exact same needs, wants, desires. They are just seeking that gratification in a different way, in a different place. And if the best thing for them, if the most loving opportunity is staying in the cult, if they only get love from the cult, well, what reason do they have to see their self out? Same with, yeah. same with you talking about, oh, I don't know how I would start over. Well, yeah. if everyone's shouting at you, yeah. <laughs> Leave your cult. Well, and at that point, the no's, the shouts, the negativity being shouted at you really just strengthens your resolve at that point. Definitely. And that's a tool of them. And we're trying to cross this line. And it's people have done it in good ways. And we, it's a very difficult line to, to document something while at the same time not make it seem like society is against them. Right. You know, having comedians. Yeah. That was one of our things was let's do something funny. Let's do something where people aren't like... <laughs> You're in a cult. It's so bad. Like, you know, you, you, you see that stuff all the time. And yeah. it's like, that's not how you grab. I'm really passionate about kids media. And that's not how you grab kids. You don't tell them, hey, idiot, you don't know anything about the, the, the Revolutionary War. So don't even, <laughs> oh, if you even tell someone, dumbo, so <laughs> you got to get Donald Duck playing pools to teach you about the Pythagoras theorem. Right. That's how yeah. you do it. <laughs> I mean, schoolhouse rock. The period. schoolhouse yeah. rocks. Uh, yeah. But anyway. But yeah, I love this idea of a soft place to land. One of my favorite uh, documentaries, docuseries, whatever, is uh, Scientology in the Aftermath. Scientology is crazy concept. But that show really goes into what the people go through while they're leaving and after they've left. And I think that's so, such an important story that I haven't seen a lot. A lot of the things that I've seen have been about the cult's beliefs and what they do in the cult and not so much what happens to the people and where do they go once they leave. But I think if we can shine a light on that, just like you're saying, if we can give them a soft place to land, it won't feel as impossible to leave. 
I love that. That's a good note to end on, but I won't, and I'll add one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, please. Have the last word, Mike. I was going to give you the last word, but now we'll see. Maybe <laughs> it'll go to the dog. Um, <laughs> Easy. Uh, you know, two facts. One, I was on just a, someone's regular podcast, the, the humanitarian podcast, um, not just interested in cults. And they said, yeah, well, I think I would be very supportive to someone if they said they were in a cult as opposed to pushing their cult beliefs on, on me, which is true. It's like people would find you more interesting and more wanting to love you and help you than trying to, for you to join them. But it doesn't feel that yeah. way to them. But that's a fact to say for all of us that are okay. And the other uh, side of it is, uh, again, I'll mention Chris Shelton. I think it's when you talk about a soft place to land and a soft place to go, I believe he was, he's going to get the stat for me at some point, but I believe it's like half of the people that go, that leave a cult end up going back to that cult or another yeah. cult. So mm. it's like, if there's nowhere to land, if there's nowhere to, to, to leave, that's, that's where they're ending up anyway. Once they even have yeah. that critical thought to, to, to get out. And so you've got to, you've got to give us all place land, but please Chelsea. Can we make a cult for, people who've left cults you know so funny i want to mention someone that i did an interview with there is a forum called x red pill um oh. I, I i i don't think anyone needs to go on there and and talk about the show i i i talk to people on there and there are nice forums for people that have left and there 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 are nice there are some nice places left on the internet um once you've gone out of there and people can relate to. And that was sort of a heartwarming fact that I found out there was X red bill that, that, uh, that made me happy in some way, but yeah, we could start yeah. a cult. Sure. Whatever. You oh know. yeah. I know. I don't want to be involved, but yeah. I think it would be great for you to do. <laughs> <laughs> so Chelsea. Yes. We've talked about this last word that one of us is going to have. Please, I get it. please <laughs> go ahead. Give us. Okay, I got this. Listen, I if anybody's listening to this and is in a cult, or if you know somebody that is in an unhealthy relationship by any means, if there's anything you can take from this, it's show them a soft place to land. Give them an out, but don't force them out, because that's not going to go well. Love them unconditionally, offer them a pillow to jump onto, and just keep loving them, because... At the end of the day, every single human wants community, and that's all they're looking for. You can be their community. Wow, that was beautiful. Boom! Suck it! I mean, if you want to, like, put a little Pocahontas, like, aroma music behind it, just like, she's giving a spiritual speech, that would be great. I'm so upset that I knew what you meant by aroma music. (laughs) Not only listening, but smelling the piece. Yes, please. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> What's the difference between hearing and smelling? It sounds like you're hearing me, but not smelling. It sounds like you're smelling me, but not sniffing me. It sounds like you're, you're listening s- to my armpits. Please listen to my pits. <laughs> That's what I want. Cult is trapped in a hashtag cult, or you have been affected by any group mentioned in this show. Go to hashtag cult.org for resources or to get in touch with the show. We want to hear your story. <laughs>